Welcome to the Chase Merrill podcast. Today, I am your host, Chase Merrill. I've never said that before, but today's the first day. <laughs> uh, I'm, uh, this is the, the 52 Project uh, episode uh, with a, a guest of mine, a friend of mine. Uh, that Again, part of the 52 Project. Uh, I'll talk about in a second. But welcome to my friend, Ulysse. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Dude, this is cool, man. So, Ulysse, uh, how old are you real quick? 20. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, that is probably, I think, goes for the youngest guest I've had so far on mm-hmm. the podcast. You know, that's that's so well done. Like, Thank you. It's a, a big deal. <laughs> um, so 52 Project, this whole thing is 52 conversations, 52 weeks mm-hmm. with 52 people who have made an impact on my life. And uh, you're one of them. You're here. You're, you're on my list, man. And uh, it's just so cool to get the chance to sit down even in person. Mm-hmm. and have uh, a conversation today that I know is going to be fun. I really believe it's going to impact and encourage people. And I hope it encourages you, you know, because that's also part of this for me to get to sit down with people that have made an impact on my life, to share that with them in some of those moments, and but that they would walk away from conversations like this and feel encouraged uh, to continue to be who they've, uh, who who God made them to be, but keep doing what God's called them to do. So thanks for being here. Yeah, totally. I think it, that it uh, it's really reassuring to know that I've made somewhat of a of an impact on you. Heck yeah, <laughs> however Heck. however small it might be. Yeah, yeah. So here's what I'll do: uh, introduce yourself for just a little mm. bit, kind of a snapshot, uh, who you are, where you are, you know, within the the spectrum of this season, and uh, and then I'll give people just a little bit of a background about how we know each other, and then just jump into the conversation today. Right. Yeah. So, uh, as I said, I'm, I'm 20. I'm, uh, right now in a season of kind of studying. I, I'm a student at, uh, Pepperdine university down in California, yeah. but, uh, currently studying at the university of Oxford in, in England. And, um, yeah, it's, I'm, I'm studying, uh, finance and philosophy. Yeah. Which is a unique, like, <laughs> yeah, combi- I get that a lot. I get that a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, I, I really, I really think like behind that, um, you know, for a lot of jobs within finance, um, kind of what I, what I tell people is, you know, you can learn all of the technicals, but then when you, when you actually get on the job, um, there's a lot of analysis and and kind of the the analytical side of things that I I really think that I gain from philosophy of of learning how to think well, not only knowing, um, you know, all of the, the math and the technical side behind finance, but knowing how to apply to something that's really important. Yeah. And that's where the two majors kind of overlap. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's a very unique perspective to be able to have at 20 years old. Let's call it what it is. And that's, I mean, part of, part of, you know, what we'll talk about today, mm-hmm. what I will really talk about today uh, in about who you are mm-hmm. and who I've gotten to know you to be is that you are an extremely unique individual in the in so many different ways but in in ways that are extremely impressive um based upon what when i look around the world around me now and i see the next generation if you will like mm-hmm. you know we're just just under 12 years apart yeah. in age so we're not like totally disconnected in generation but you are pretty representative of gen z and when i look around that group of people that are coming up into the world i just don't see a lot of them that look like you yeah in the way that at 20 you've uh you've taken life um not just the what life has given you or what you know the circumstances that you've had no control over but also the things you have had control over and you've made the most of it in a way that's been extremely 
uh, impressive. I keep using that word. Uh, I don't know if there's a, a better word, but it's not just impressive. Like, it's not just like looking at you and being like, wow, he's so smart or he's, um, you know, got so much charisma or so much knowledge. Mm-hmm. It's, um, it's something different, you know, and I've, we've had conversations, uh, you know, over our yeah. relationship in the last five years, uh, about some of these things, but like there's, there, God has, God has got a unique call and mark on your life that has made Holly and I just, we've seen it really from the beginning, but it's continued to just blossom as you grown into a young man and continue to step forward and what is in front of you. So, um, let me do this. Let me take it back to just give a people a snapshot as to how we're connected. Sure. Uh, so that they have some framework for the conversation a little bit more. When Holly and I got called uh, by the Lord to be up here in Olympia, Washington, in 2017, to uh, be youth pastors at Living Water Church in Olympia, um, we we it took a while for us to feel like we wanted to do youth ministry again because we'd been youth pastors before. But at that stage, we were at a church in California where we were doing other ministry assignments that, if I'm being fully honest, I had felt like were um, on a, the next couple steps, if you will, which is a terrible way to look at ministry uh, <laughs> because it's not actually that at all. Right. Like you never graduate out of there's There really aren't stepping stones and there should never be. Um, but I felt like I had kind of outgrown the youth pastory world because I was an executive pastor at that point. And so getting called back to, to youth ministry, I wrestled with that. And I also was like, God, you're going to have to, I feel like you're saying yes, but I also don't want to do this necessarily. You'll have to really change my heart. Um, and, and, and he really started to do that. But part of what really began to become clear for Holly and I, as we stepped back into that kind of space were the, was the, how the Lord was bringing us these middle school and high school students who we began to see with a different lens and we had some amazing students back the first time we were youth pastors, but we just were not mature enough to see it this way where we were like, Oh shoot. Like these aren't just high school students that were just like, you know, low key babysitting that their parents like hope we can help make their lives better or keep them out of trouble. Like these are dudes that are like, or gr- girls or guys that are like genuinely on a journey of pursuit, mm-hmm. trying to figure some things out, trying to figure out who they are, like identity, what they're supposed to do do with their life like purpose what i have in front of me right now is an opportunity to steward these relationships and just invest in these people with everything i can and being there as they walk out these difficult seasons or tough questions wrestle with doubt uh, all of these things because they are they're going to change the world like they're really going to impact the future of the world and it's not just like a a low-key babysitting job and you were one of the students and, and I have, you know, a handful, but I can count on my one hand in our group in our time that Holly and I were like, there, this is, he's different. We better pay attention here and not waste our opportunity to invest and be there for, for this, this young man because of what we see God doing. Will you give me a snapshot of how you came into that place? Like at what, where were you at with God in your life coming into the youth ministry experience when, when we met, can you remember that space? Yeah. Um, so I, I grew up, um, you know, with, with pretty much no Christian influence in my life, uh, up until that point, I think, uh, my, at that point, my parents had gotten divorced, uh, maybe two or three years ago. Um, 
and my mom she grew up christian she was kind of going started going back to church but i i didn't go back to church with her um you know i I never grew up in that kind of environment um and i think it was a pretty cliche introduction to church i liked a girl who went to living water and so textbook Textbook. (laughs) and um yeah and i I think my my (laughs) my buddy will invited me on and i was shout out shout out to will (laughs) shout out if you're you're listening to this podcast exactly um and and i yeah i started going and i think that i never really stopped going yeah um and i i think that like my personality is i i have a very difficult time uh, doing things kind of part way, yeah. right? I, I kind of sure. just dive in for better or for worse. And so I think maybe it was like the third or fourth time I was there and I came up to you and I was like, I- I'm called to be a pastor. Yeah. Like yeah. this yeah. is my yeah. life. Yeah. I, I remember <laughs> and, that moment. Um, you know, I, I think that maybe after a little bit uh, of, a, of a step back over time i was like okay like i can still i can be a christian without being a pastor Absolutely, i think yeah. and in my head it was like um you know either or just sure. because of the way that i i fully dive into things but um but yeah i think that that starting with that um i i kind of came into that season from a pretty difficult point in my life um you know following my parents divorce and moving from new york to uh, to Washington. And then when I, when I kind of felt God's call in my life to, um, you know, accept him and, and Jesus as our savior. Um, I think from that, um, came a, came a little bit of a, a challenging season, uh, just because my, my dad and, and my family over on the East coast, um, were, atheists and kind of communicating with that and like how how do I still live in relationship with them I think was something that I uh struggled with for a long time and and still still struggle with yeah Mm -hmm. I'm going to come back to that in a moment too because I think that that's going to be something that for people listening to this today that I know there's a lot of I know that there's a lot of people that wrestle with navigating relationships that mean a lot to them especially the parental relationships where they're trying to figure out how to honor love uh everybody involved but what happens when maybe you have feeling or you're feeling something different than what their expectation or hope may be about whatever it is in life or they're just belief systems are different how to navigate that without just pushing a eject button you know i think we'll, we'll dive into that because i think you've done a, a really mm-hmm. great job and i want to hear more about it but before that um i just want to acknowledge in that season that we watched you you really step into accepting yeah jesus in a way that was real to you mm-hmm. but it didn't didn't necessarily mean you didn't have more questions or doubts still that you were trying to figure out you know kind of wrestle through yeah. um which i appreciated like you you were all in you know you did realize okay maybe i can do this without being a pastor but you know but there's there was something real you felt it was it was obvious to both of you and mm-hmm. and myself and you know all the other people in our leadership team like what you felt was real. It was sincere. It wasn't just a camp high um, or a conference high. You know, it was something yeah. real. And that was materialized and evidenced over the weeks and months and really years that followed of your pursuit of that. Your pursuit of, of discovering more, trying to learn and press in, asking the tough questions rather than avoiding them and just being like, whatever. Your pursuit of me. I remember just, you know, like there was a, a, a resiliency you know, and that was uncommon. I feel like for younger people as well, like 
maybe the fear of rejection or the fear of like, well, if he doesn't respond or text me back or if you know, he's not available or whatever, then I just, I'll stop asking. You didn't stop asking. And I, I just loved that. This dude was hungry and was willing to keep like, Hey, whenever you have a chance, like love to get coffee, love to get lunch um, kind of stuff that I just mm-hmm. loved that tenacity that, that you had. The thing that stood out to me the most in your time with us as a youth uh, ministry, as a youth student, that I think is just such a beautiful picture of who you are is the way that you invited people, not just to church, but like into the opportunity to experience what you had experienced. And whether that was just into your home, you know, like, like your mom, Kim and, and step stepdad, Jeff are, are incredible human beings, um, that I, I've gotten to know personally over this last couple of years, really, really well. And they're a part of our team here at our church and uh love them dearly but you know they have as you were still living at home you know just i always would hear stories about just people over all the time you know you would just the hospitality the the fridge of food that friends would just be able to just you know feast on and and that world of invitation and then translating more into even like the jesus stuff they're like come okay come with me to you know youth group or this thing you would come to a sunday night service with a new person frequently and i mean you'd be yeah. like, hey chase this is so and so blah blah and i'm like what's up th- th- it was so real for you that you know if you were it was like disciple of the gospel's disciple disciple-esque when people started to actually experience jesus the natural response was i gotta tell somebody about this and like bring them along and i watched that in you in a really unique and inspiring way like it inspired me beyond just like youth pastor to student. It inspired me as a Christian. Like there were times I would leave Sunday nights, preach my guts out in a message. You know, I'm a pastor and leading students, but meet somebody you would bring or just have some interaction that you were. And I would be like leaving there and thinking about how I could be more like that outside of the church mm. at Starbucks at wherever and be like, Ulysses got this fearlessness that's not because he has, uh, he doesn't, ah, it's hard to describe, but it was special, man. And I just, that was something that marked me when I talk about 52 people that made an impact on my life. One of those, one of the reasons why you're one of those people is because of the way you just invited people into those kind of moments without really like the fear of rejection. Not that you didn't have the fear of rejection potentially. But it was I was, just, I was rejected a lot. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, I think that. I mean, and I know some of those stories. I think that's part of what, like, it was. You were, you just kept going, and I recognized, like, this dude is like, he's he. There's something special here, and so, um, thank you for being that kind of person back even in that season. Because for Holly and I, you were one of the people as we were trying to go. Is this really what you called us back into? That God was like, yes. Mm-hmm. You see him. He's part of why uh, I called you guys back up here to be involved because it's you're going to have a, a piece, a small piece of this young man's life um, that is important for you to be a part of uh, for the things that I want to do in and through him for the future. And so thank you for letting me get to be a part of that. Uh, so that little chunk of youth ministry. Um, so Pepperdine College. Uh, you had this unique opportunity as well in this last season. Uh, can you just tell me the story? Dude, you're at Oxford right now. 
I am. <laughs> what the heck? First yeah. of all, you're 20 and you just decided to just be like, I feel like I'm going to go to Oxford. So like, will you just for people to understand a little bit of that scope? I know you're a humble dude and you're not going to be like, well, I'm just, but will you give me a glimpse uh, for the people listening? Like, how did you go from Pepperdine to just like a real quick little trip to Oxford uh, for a semester? Right. So I was actually doing a study abroad program through Pepperdine uh, in London uh, this past summer. Yeah. And one of my professors there um, used to be a professor at Oxford. Okay. Uh, and and I guess he really enjoyed the things that I wrote. And he, he encouraged me to apply for this program and kind of gave me a recommendation to it. And so um, so I applied and got in. And here, here I am. Here you are. <laughs> yeah. There's not, not much more to it than yeah. that. <laughs> I, but except for the fact that, like, the, that's a, the, the percentage Mm. of people that could have done that and it all worked out is extremely low. Like mm. I'm just acknowledging like you just like decided literally that like you wanted to do it. That's also a picture I think of who you are. You're you're this like I decide I'm going to do something and I do it. <laughs> it's so cool. Uh but love that. And you obviously you're not at Oxford right now because you're I'm on, here break. on break. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, back in the states, but yeah, you'll be back to finish up the semester. Um and then you'll be coming be coming back in the summer is that kind of the plan so, for no this so this summer i'll be working an internship uh doing private wealth management in silicon valley so okay. that'll that'll take up most of my time there yeah mm-hmm. okay uh and then how how much how much more of pepperdine do you have before you'll be uh, i'll have another two years two years okay mm-hmm. um just love that you know and in love that the i want to acknowledge you as you've been stepping into that space your uh you haven't wasted from my vantage point, some of the conversations we've had over your first couple of years in college, the opportunity to still be a Christian mm-hmm. that, you know, is in those spaces and places that aren't necessarily quote unquote vocational ministry, but just as effective and needed in the world, especially the world we're moving into. I lo- not, not that you couldn't one day or walk into an opportunity or season where you feel like, okay, I, I do want to be a vocational pastor. You a hundred percent could. You pastored friends in high school. <laughs> You've been a guy people have come to and probably still are when they they hit a really hard time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have that kind of heart to care for people really well. But I I love that you're not in ministry right now because I recognize, man, we need we need the church needs uh, Christian young men and women who are dedicated to Jesus and continuing to grow in their journey with Him. Not perfect not always believing all the things all the time the right way, but like on a journey of still pursuing him and loving him and growing in him while they're in the places that God's called them to be that are in the marketplace, in business, in, you know, all of those different sectors that we desperately need Jesus to be in those places through people. So I applaud you for that. Um, You mentioned a little earlier, just the, the challenge that it has been at times in your journey and maybe even still to this day to an extent about how to how to navigate the tension of parents um people in your life that raised you loved you poured into you invested in your present and future that had expectations hopes and dreams to some degree um but maybe not necessarily believing all of the same things of the same values and beliefs that you have and I've watched you navigate that from a, a, a high school student till 
now a couple years after high school with just an incredible wisdom and grace. And, and I want to hear more about that because um, there are people that are, like I said, they're listening and going like, man, my mom wants me to be this or to go to this college or to, you know, do this internship or whatever. Or my dad has this ex- expectation. I'm going to join him in this business that he's started and given his life for. And mm-hmm. I know all he wants is the best for me and like for me to have a successful life. But like, I really want to be a baker or a writer or whatever, a pastor or whatever. And it's so in not the same direction as they want and hope. How do I, how do I do that? Like, how do I honor and still love and respect the people like that in my life, but still be dedicated to the journey that I feel like I'm supposed to walk out. So I'd just love to hear your thoughts. Cause I know that the people that are listening that probably find themselves in that space, in that space. Yeah. Um, I mean, first of all, like it's, it's difficult. There's yeah. no easy, you know, fix all answer. But I think that one of the things that has helped me most has been to um, maybe acknowledge the impacts that that might have on my perception. Um, for example, I, I find myself weighing my value off of like what I've uh, accomplished or um what I, what I've done academically, uh, you know, in my career. Um, and I think that be acknowledging that, that that is kind of an outside influence of maybe people who care about me and genuinely want to see me succeed, but it's not what my value is based on. Right. Um, and so I think like, first of all, acknowledging that being willing to, to turn down opportunities that might advance uh advance you in in a certain way um that might not be exactly what god has has called me to be i think is something that that's been the thing that i've been working on most yeah um and then first and foremost uh just still loving them right like their their family they raised you uh i think that loving them as best as you can is um you know shows shows jesus through you yeah um you know i i have two younger siblings uh on the east coast uh, and then an older sibling uh also on the east coast actually now but yeah. um you know none of them know know jesus and i think that like i could i could be super upfront and like always bring up my faith or sure. identity, but I think that that would just just drive them away a little bit. And so, it's a mixture between, uh, "Hey, I'm going to church. Do you want to come?" Or, um, like, you know, just just not necessarily bringing it up, but just intentionally loving them and making decisions that maybe a non-Christian wouldn't in yeah. certain in certain situations. Yeah, I think it's phenomenal. <laughs> how, how when you when you think about the pressure to not disappoint mm-hmm. um you know because in to some degree that's that's it that's a part of this there's this like this fear of if i step out into this kind of lane that i'm going to disappoint somebody that loves me and that i love um how, how, speak to that for a moment like what 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 would you say to somebody who's wrestling with that like how to to overcome that fear or the pressure of disappointing somebody in that space I think um, 
there there have been times where I've disappointed my dad uh, in choices that I've made that I've known have been um, best for me, and um, you're you're always gonna disappoint somebody, right? I think that uh, even I don't know, like everybody in my life really loves and cares about me, um, but but then there are uh, conflict sometimes, like even with, with my dad or mom who is a Christian, right. Um, they both have some sort of interest, um, sure thing that they think that I should do even like, you know, as, as a, uh, as a Christian, my mom might have some sort of, um, some sort of idea of, of something that she wants me to do and sure. unintentionally kind of puts pressure on you. Sure. And and same with my dad. I think it's just kind of the nature of living in the world, in society, is right. that people have expectations for you, right. Uh, right. whether you like it or not. Right. And that <laughs> that and for a lot of them, that those are motivated from a place of love right. and care. Most, for your... mostly, mostly all the time right. they are. Right. If they didn't care, they, w- they wouldn't right. care what I did. Right. 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 So, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's really good. You know, part of what I wanted to ask you to kind of speak to it is because I, I, I don't, again, I don't know if I've seen a lot of people in your age demographic and generation be able to, to navigate this kind of situation in a way that really has kept relationship the most important thing, mm-hmm. even amongst all of the things. And, you know, where again, like you could have, push a jack button and been like you know forget you dad or forget you mom i'm gonna your expectations are uh, you know i know that you want this but i'm not i don't care i'm gonna go my direction and you know if you don't like it then you're out of my life i just see a lot of that happening and there's again there's lots of unhealth out there understandably so with people and relationships that there there needs to be loving through a closed door happening for for a season even indefinitely for there to be what needs to happen but I, I think I see a lot of people prematurely close a door on relationship mm. because of this situation. And it, and I think it's just unnecessary. And I think it's devastating that how many relationships get broken or there's just years of bitterness or separation or some sense of resentment that creates a wedge. Um, and I've just watched you not let that happen, you know, <laughs> and it's, it's just incredible, dude. And so I would just say, keep going, man. Mm. Like, you know, I know your dad and stepmom and your mom and stepdad are ridiculously proud of you. And, you know, I have conversations with your mom and, and stepdad often. And just like the conversation is just like, this guy's, he's different. He's incredible. Like, he, you know, I joke about it all the time. Like, like I, you'll be like the first, you know, late 20s president you know i mean I'm <laughs> not pretty, not trying to I'm, go into no, politics I know, you're, I know you're not but it'll be like one of those situations where you're just like you know what i've done finance for a while and philosophy but like it's time to lead a country yeah so let's do it I, th- I, I just wouldn't be shocked i wouldn't be surprised somehow. i think that that's that's maybe speaks something about me that i i really um i i do all sorts of different random stuff that yeah. have no correlation yeah. and I love it. I, I love that. And you are, you are the guy that goes in a hundred percent, 110% on it. You know, I've just even some, I'm remembering some things like you were like super into rock. I feel like rock climbing for a while. Yeah, I still am. Okay. Come on, yeah. okay cool. But, uh, like, you know, right, right now I've been training for a marathon. I remember you, when you're, you know, over there in, 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 uh, at Oxford sending me a text or a Marco Polo, like running, 
because you're training for like a, a freaking marathon yeah. like what are you doing like just <laughs> chill dude like just be in oxford and like read you know no but you're, but you're doing that too you know somehow mm. some way and i'm i'm on the uh the rowing team <laughs> <laughs> i've never done it before but <laughs> i didn't i didn't know that i didn't yeah. know that uh-huh. but i mean like tennis you know you play yeah. tennis in yeah, high school and probably still do I, I, my wife is in fitness and nutrition and, and as a personal trainer and there was a season like you you know she she was in a gym and you're like i want to get better at tennis and just we have more strength or whatever. So like she trained you for a little bit. I mean, yeah. just things I was just like, this dude is, this dude's nuts. <laughs> uh, and I love it. Um, That's funny. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I just love that side of you, bro. And I think that, that obviously that there's, there can be a detriment to that when, you know, but, but more than not, I think it's served you really well mm. um, because you've also carried that into relationships and, you know, I think that relationships are the most important thing on the planet earth, um, that we can invest in, you know, uh, and the first one being in, in the relationship we have with our maker. But then after that, the people around us, you just do that really well. Um, here's, here's the question I ask everybody in, on, on this podcast to some degree. And it's the, really the why of the podcast, uh, the pro the 52 project mm-hmm. is kind of the vehicle to get to the why, but the why really is, you know, I want to help people get freed up from the things that are holding them back so that they can build up who they were made to be and really step into their purpose and the dreams, the things that God, who I do believe has made them, um, has put in front of them to step into. So like freed up to build up is kind of the simple, you know, Mm -hmm. boiled down point. When you think about your life past and present, and you think about things that have held you back. What would one of those things be? And how have you overcome that or are overcoming that right now? Yeah, I think that um, like the the doubt that I'm not going to be good enough at it. Um, hmm. I, I think that just, yeah, I, I think that at heart I'm, I'm a bit of a perfectionist yeah. and just worrying like, okay, if I start this, like I'm, I'm not going to be very good at it. Yeah. And I think, um, that realizing that that's okay, that yes. I'm not going to be like the best at something. Um, if I just start it. Yeah. Um, and so just kind of diving in and, and getting your feet wet a, a little bit, um, seeing if you like it and, and just kind of going forward is something that I've, I've done a lot and, um, if I'm interested in something, just do it. Yeah. Um, it's kind of, kind of what I've been living by recently. I think that, um, like within the past couple months, something that I've really been thinking about is how in society, um, we have been kind of conditioned to consume more than we create, um, and so something that I've been really trying to do more is one limit what I'm consuming to things that are productive to my creation. Yeah. Um, it's good. So, you know, not, not overly consuming things that, that aren't conducive to sure. me being able to create. Sure. And then, and, um, kind of sitting down and creating whether, yeah. you know, that's, um, you know what whatever whatever that might be um whether whether it's writing or um whether that's painting or 
whatever. I, I think that whatever you're kind of called to do, um, not necessarily like a vocational calling, but um, more of just uh, expressing yourself uh, is really important. And I, I think that that's what I enjoy so much about your podcast is we consume so many podcasts, um, you know, every day. And you creating this podcast has been um, a motivation to me, you That's know, cool. because I think that um, you kind of took it, took a step and said, you know, there are all these podcasts out here, but I am capable of producing something that people actually want to listen to as yeah. well. And I think that that kind of goes in line with who God created us to be. Right. He created us in his image. Yeah. And the first thing he did in the Bible was create. Yeah. And if we're in his image, then then we're also creators yeah, of, of, you know, different different things. And um, I've been I've been studying kind of a lot of um, of Aristotle. And um, so Aristotle has two words, uh, mimesis and catharsis. And so mimesis is kind of um, the. Um, almost, almost taking something that already exists in in society, yeah. whether that's like an, an emotion or uh, some something that happened, and then kind of remixing it, right, and then right. putting something else out there, right. which helps people to understand the original thing even right. better. Right, and so, um, you know, like your your podcast, um, you know, freeing people up. I think that, um you know, taking something that already exists in society is kind of the feeling that we are maybe trapped or not, not really able to go and, and be free to do things that, that we are called to do. Yeah. You're kind of bringing people on replicating that right through mimesis and then letting it go. And people can, can acknowledge yeah. that and, and through that kind of un, gain a better understanding of the thing that's happening in society. Yeah. It's really, it's really good. Yeah, man, I, I, I love that so much. And as this, as this podcast ex experiment experience mm -hmm. kind of has been uh, just continuing to unroll and unpack a little bit, um, I, what I've, I have, what, everything you just described, I have been experiencing, which is every time I do this, I grow a little bit more into that space of like, uh, I can do this mm -hmm. and I don't have to worry about whatever else is out there that is going to be the exact same thing and better mm -hmm. than what I'm trying to do here because that's actually not the point first and foremost and there's going to be something in the creating of this that's going to hit people the right people in the right place in the right time I believe you know and then there's a, there's really a, a spirit of God thing to that for me that I, I just I see and hope and believe that that is part of it I, I know that that is part of it you know because God will just speak to people and where and when they need mm -hmm. to know and feel something or experience something. And I pray he uses this as that. And there might Joe Rogan might not be able to do that for somebody, right? <laughs> He's going to have a way yeah. better podcast and, you know, production and guests and all of that. But like, it may not be the thing they need to hear in that moment, like mm -hmm. something in our conversation today. Right. And I love that. And I think that idea, right. Of creating, whether it's a podcast or a book or music or literally anything, a business, a dream, a movie, a video, uh, it doesn't have to just be in the arts. Like it could be 
you know, it's something in some form of scientific, you know, development and engineering, but you're so, you're so dead on dude about that creating thing, being hardwired in our DNA, like the Imago Dei being made in the image of God really is to, to operate in that creator space. And I think for me, what I'm on the journey of discovering is that as I create, it is a reflection of the ultimate creator because mm-hmm. He's the source of creativity yeah. and I can't create something out of my own anything. And I, I think people that even people that don't believe in him don't understand how their creation, uh, their art, their gift is echoing and reflecting the very image or, you know, pointing people to the fact that, that they have a creator that's given them that ability to do that. And I think there's a lot of people that have so much of that in them that they're not stepping into for so many different reasons. There's so much untapped that the world needs. Uh, It's not just more content. It's not just more stuff. It's not just more books or more songs or more podcasts, but it is people stepping into that God given called free space to create, to create Mm -hmm. that I think is a part of what, you know, you just totally, really beautifully communicated in, um, so speaking of that, so freed up, you know, which is for me a really important part of, of the equation, freed up to build up, freed up because I, I do really, my personal journey has been, I'll be, I'll be 32 this year, has been that majority of my life, although I've, I feel like I've lived a full life up to this point, I feel like I've um, lived it to the fullest in a lot of my seasons, I still feel like I have a whole life I haven't lived because of being held back by my own insecurities and fears mm-hmm. of what people will think, kind of my story, right? And so I recognize like before people can really be in what they were made to do, they might have to get freed up of some stuff. And so I love purpose. I love your, your why I love all that stuff. I think it's really important, but like sometimes people can't even see that until they get unshackled until they get that thing broken off of them. And I'm really motivated to help people see they can and to discover what it is. So they really can give free. So then they can run, you know, hundred percent towards that build building thing of what what they're made to build what they're made mm-hmm. to be all that um just for just kind of wrapping up the conversation when i think about the building side of your life what you're in where you are going mm-hmm. uh who you're to build up who you're made to be um maybe share a little bit about what you could see if you could see anything when you think about 10 20 30 years down I almost imagine this as like a, a time capsule moment. Okay. 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 That 10 years from now that you'll have to look back on and watch again, um, you know, with people in your life that mean something to you, you know, mm-hmm. maybe a family, you know, whatever. And go like, I can't believe I said that then. And I'm actually experiencing it now, or I've already moved beyond it. Cause I've already experienced it and into something even greater. Yeah. What would you, 10 years from now, I go like, man, I, yeah. I want to be in that. Yeah. So something that I've been really wrestling with recently is that, um, I've gotten so many really cool opportunities to pursue in terms of like a career thing, you know, things that I'm going to be working on. Um, and I think that I've, I've almost come to the realization that of, of what I, what I want my career to be. Right. And, and there's, a divide a little bit of career paths that would essentially be my entire life. Like they would take up all, like every waking hour would, would need to be like 
it's a, it's a part of the do- job description, sure. right? To to put your entire life in, into essentially that work, and obviously you're you're well compensated for it, but like that is your right. life. That's it. Like that, that is your life, right? Um, which which by the way is where a lot of people find themselves yeah. you know, today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and then I've had other opportunities which are which are still good opportunities, but um, kind of a little bit better work life balance. Sure. And I think that some realization that I've come to. Uh, is that I'm wanting to have a career which is conducive to the other things that I'm wanting to do in my life, yeah. uh, which does not consume that. And uh, I, I'm wanting to you know, have a family at some point. I'm wanting to be a dad. Yeah. I'm wanting to be able to travel. I'm wanting to be able to pursue my hobbies, um, you know, to be able to create past just what what my career is. Right. Um, yeah, I guess like right right now I've I've been kind of writing writing a book and, and just trying to step into that uh creation and and I I don't want that to stop when I get a career, right? I don't want right. that to be everything I do every waking hour of the day. And I think it it's something that I've had that that's a little bit countercultural that's like okay, like more isn't always better. Like just kind of chasing the next biggest thing does not necessarily improve my life. And so like, when, when does it end? Like, when am I going to be content? (laughs) No, I have to be content in what I've I'm, I'm given now, not because of what my career is reflecting on me or what I'm able to, um, you know, be, be super productive or whatever, but I need to be content in, um, in the, the life that I'm creating for myself and not just the career that I'm enveloped in. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. So good. Well, you're, you're in, you're, you're, you're not waiting for life to happen to you. And one day to experience mm-hmm. the things that you're talking about. I love that about you. And I love that at 20, okay, <laughs> 20, you're, you're already, you know, what seems to, to me and I'm sure uh, most of the people that know you if not all of the people that know you you're already uh, light years ahead and decades ahead of where most people your age are Mm -hmm. and even beyond your age in understanding with the wisdom and the drive to continue to press into some of these things we've talked about today so I just want to say bro I'm so proud of you Um, I'm really thankful I really count myself privileged to get to be a part of your life to have like I mentioned earlier that window of just being invested uh, during that season, but they, they I, I mentioned this before the conversation earlier, but Holly and I have just felt like this, like, yeah, we better figure out a way to stay around this dude's <laughs> life. Cause it's going to get pretty awesome to watch. It already is, but to watch like what, what God, what you end up really like doing in and through him. Uh, so stay, stay connected and man, just be there, be around, be available. Um, uh, and and understand that there's there's something really unique and special God's placed in you and you know he just and he just loves you man beyond all the stuff that special calling you know because I think sometimes I'm even and as I'm saying this live time I feel like the Lord is even just like hold on sometimes that all that stuff can just feel like more pressure to have to live into mm-hmm. it and I just want to encourage you that God's heart for you is that you are a fully loved son and you could do nothing else with your life from this point forward productive successful whatever and the the heart of the father for you is like he 
he's he adores you he sees he's proud of you, he loves you you're his yeah. and there's nothing that you could do or not do to to take that away and so uh, as you continue to run hard after the things that you you, you want god speaks to you etc man i pray that that truth and reality never leaves your mind and heart that like no matter how hard i run god's not going to love me anymore no matter how slow i run soft i run god's not going to love me any less um, because that's going to be the place that if you stay healthy there, that the sky's the limit, yeah, the absolute limit. So, yeah. uh, love you. Love you too, man. <laughs> Proud of you. Thankful for you. Thanks for joining me today. Of course. On, uh, an episode of the Chase Merrill podcast. What a treat. What a treat. Can't wait to see, uh, what your, uh, marathon time is. What, uh, <laughs> what the, your, uh, last little half of, uh, the semester in Oxford looks like and, uh, to see you again when you get back, hopefully, um, the next time you come home to see you, it's going to be going to be a huge blessing for me. So thank you. Love you. Love you too. (laughs) With that, thanks for listening to the Chase Merrill podcast until next time. See you later.